to us in the pew, see us worshiping God and can worship God, and people out in the community can can see us worshiping God by our actions and realize, hey, there's something just a little different. You know, one time, and I do not know how this happened. Um, we were in the Dalles, and Lynn and I took our girls to Clackamas Town Center to do some shopping. And we're wandering around the halls. I'm, just so you know where I come from, as soon as my hand touches the door of the mall, I get a splitting headache. And so that's where I come from. I don't know what it is. We used to take the dogs with us so I could go out with the dogs, you know, out in the... I'll, I'll be looking after the dogs. They can't be in the pickup that long. Um, but we were walking around the mall, and I passed a guy in a wheelchair a couple times. And he stops me in the middle of the aisle, you know, the big... I don't know if you've been to Clackamas Town Center. It's huge. He stops me in the middle of the hall on the second floor. He's in his wheelchair, and he goes, you must be a Christian. I'm going... I don't even know you. He goes, I can just tell by the way you act. It caught me off guard because I was just walking up and down the hall with a splitting headache, <laughs> shopping. But that's how we're supposed to reveal God. We live in such a way that people can see something's different. I don't say that to brag about me because that's the only time it's ever happened. Um, I've had more people say, are you sure you're a Christian? <laughs> but, but we reveal God to the people around us. That's the R. The A is approach others for God. That's have relationships with people that aren't like us so that they can hear about God too. And that's not go to somebody on the street, I'm going to be your friend so you can meet Jesus. It's just go be their friend and maybe they'll get to meet Jesus. And, and then the, the Y is yield. Unity. Yield to each other. Sometimes we just have to not have our way. We just need to yield so that we have unity, that we work together. And that we, so that's what the pray stands for. And last week it was who is God is, is who I talked about. My thingy bobber's not working. Okay, or it might not. Maybe my battery's dead. Nope. There we go. I got to it. Maybe I have to hold it high. Go to the next one, will you? I'm not sure why it's not working, because it worked. Maybe that thing's not plugged in on the other end of the computer. There we go. I just did it. Who knows? Okay, enough of that. Last week we talked about God and who He is. And, and this week we're going to talk about Jesus. Because God is not just God the Father. He's God the Son, and He's God the Holy Spirit. So guess what we're talking about next week? The Holy Spirit. You guys are right on top of it. That's who we're talking about next week. So this week, it's who is Jesus, and, and the scripture that we have is um, Romans 16. And you know we finished Romans this week, right? And started into Judges. And um, 
Romans 16, 25, 26, and 27 says, Glory to God who can make you strong. Let me just read that out of my Bible. Okay. Oh, that'll do it. Glory to God who can make you strong in faith by the good news that I tell people and by the message about Jesus Christ. The message about Christ is the secret that was hidden for long ages past, but is now made new. It has been made clear through the writings of the prophets and by the command of the eternal God, it is made known to all nations that they might believe and obey. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. And Paul always talks about the mystery of Jesus being revealed. Not just in Romans, but in almost every book that he wrote in the New Testament, talks about the mystery of Jesus being revealed. So, who is Jesus? We don't have time to go through all the names that they have in the Bible about Jesus, but we're going to go through a couple. Whoops. Got carried away. First one is he's a warrior. Now, you'll notice these first three names that I have for Jesus are all out of Revelation. Do you know why they're out of Revelation? Because Revelation, its actual name is the Revelation of Jesus Christ. And so we get to look at three of the names from Revelation. The first one is found in Romans 19. Verse 11 through verse 16. Romans 19, verse 11 through verse 16. Revelation. Did I say Romans? There is no Romans 19. We know that much. Thank you for listening. Revelation 19, verse 11 through 16. I have it in my Bible. I have it up there. I get to control the the speed that we change the slides, so I'll be reading it from up there. And this is John, by the way, who wrote the the book of John and wrote the book of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. He's known as the disciple that Jesus loved. He's the only disciple that died of old age. They did try to kill him, but boiling boiling oil didn't kill him. So he got to live an old age. It's also the John that Jesus saw from the cross and said, John, this is your mother. Mary, this is your son. And, and he's the only one that stayed in Jerusalem when persecution started to look after Mary. So he says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Remember in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word? The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. 
He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's a warrior. That, that same description was in Revelation 3 or 2 when John saw lampstands and he saw the, the looked like the Son of Man walking through the lampstands with a sword coming out of his mouth. He's a warrior. Now, he's not a warrior like we know or see or think of, you know, that like went to Afghanistan or World War II or all the wars that the U.S. has been in. He's not that kind of warrior. He's a spiritual warrior. From the beginning of time through the end of time, he's been battling. One of the biggest battles that we celebrate would be Christmas. Remember when the shepherds were out in the field and it, said, and it says an angel of the Lord appeared to them and said, don't be afraid. And then a heavenly host appeared, said, glory to God on the highest and peace on earth, goodwill to all men. Heavenly host, it's an army. They had to fight to keep Mary alive, Jesus alive, till he was born, and then they had to continue to fight. Because if, if you read in Psalms, David a lot of times was talking about his enemies that were trying to kill him. He wasn't always talking about people. A lot of it was spiritual. And it was a battle. And Jesus, 33 years on earth, was a battle. And then the second big battle of, of, of Jesus that we celebrate would be Easter. Where he died, Satan thought he won. Woohoo! Found out he lost. The war was over, but the battle goes on. A few years ago, I was reading about World War II. Did you know that there was still shooting in, in Germany and, and around Europe? There were still shootings four years. People were still fighting four years after World War II was declared over. Do, do you remember back in the 70s they were finding Japanese warriors on islands that still thought the war was on? So even though Jesus won the battle, there's, or the war, there's still a battle going. And we still have to be sharp. And he's still fighting for us. He's a mighty warrior, king of kings and lord of lords. And here's a contradiction for you. He's known as a lamb. You know, lambs are cute little things. And that's Revelation 7.14. Revelation 7.14, which says, I answered, Sir, you know, and he, and he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. There's another reference to the Lamb who can open this scroll 
And we saw a lamb that looked like it had been slain. It was worthy. He's a lamb. He was the sacrifice for the payment of our sins. And he's known as that. And then another contradiction. I missed lion in there. Okay, we'll go back to the picture of the lamb. He's also known as a lion. And that's Revelation 5 5. He's known as a lion. How many of you have watched The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Isn't that a great movie? Have you read the book? The book's even better than the movie. But there's one spot in there where the the four sons and daughters of Adam, you know, the four, the brothers and sisters, had come to Narnia. And they were with the beavers, Mr. and Mrs. Beaver. I'm a beaver fan. (laughs) Yes. And I'm sorry they lost yesterday. But they, they were with Mr. and Mrs. Beaver. And Mrs. Beaver says, Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, which is, I don't remember which daughter, the oldest one. Emily's the little one. Anyway, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall, call, I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. And Mr. Beaver says, safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And that's Jesus. He's not safe. Just think of where he's led you to. And the things you've had to go through as Jesus has led you. Think about how he gave up everything to die on the cross, which we'll talk about later. But he's good. He's a warrior. He's a lion. He's a lamb. He's all of those things. And Revelation 5, 5 says, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He's able to open the scroll and its seven seals. The lion, the tribe of Judah. There he is. The lion. So let's go on, because there's lots more about him. He's the Word of God. That's John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He's the Word. He's the Word of God. He's not just the Bible like I have pictured up there. He's the Word of God. And when when Jesus came to earth, He was doing what God commanded, saying what God commanded. He was the Word of God. And the next one comes from the same scripture, by the way, so you can just write down light because he is the light of the world. 
and in a world that's really dark, or in a life that's really dark, or in a room that's really dark, or in a cave that's really dark, it doesn't take a lot of light to shine. I've noticed there are times that Lynn will go to bed before me, and and it can be dark. And I've noticed that, I'll just show you my phone, it looks like this when it's just sitting there idle. I've noticed that that much light in a dark room, I can see where I'm going. It's amazing. And yet, Jesus came. Oh, sure. Yeah, Jesus did come. Sorry, my computer just went wacko on me. Um, Jesus came. Guess we won't look at my computer anymore. And brought light into the world. And he brought... He came to shine into the world because darkness is the absence of light that's all there is to it and so he brought light into the world and it's the exact same scripture in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and then we get down to you know he was with god in the beginning through him all things were made and i'm repeating this because this is important stuff here Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Do you hear that? Do you know why the darkness has not overcome the light? Jesus is a warrior, he wins, he's a lion. He's the Lamb of God. Darkness cannot defeat that. Ever. He's our Savior. He's our champion. Darkness cannot defeat that. And we have to live in such a way that we believe that. He cannot defeat that. So why did he show up? Why did he come down to earth? You know, I've I've gone to places and people will say, why are you here? (laughs) You know, and I'm going, well. (laughs) And sometimes we wonder, why did he do that? You know, he's pretty comfy up there in heaven. Why did he do that? And the reason he did it is because he loved God. God the Son loved God the Father. He loved God. It was because of the love of God that he came. John 14, 28 to 31. You heard me say, I'm going away. And I'm coming back to you. If you love me, you'd be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. 
but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded. Come now, let us go. So him dying on the cross, because he says the, the prince of this world is coming, this is all taking place after the Last Supper, before he was arrested. And the dying on the cross... Let me back up one slide. He has come so that the world may learn that I love the Father. He died on the cross so the world would know that Jesus loved the Father. Isn't that a twist? We've always heard he died on the cross because he loved us. Well, he loved us because he loved the Father more. He came because he loved the Father, and he was asked to do that. And his dying on the cross was to show that he loved the Father, and I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. That's how he demonstrated his love to the Father. You hear him say, you heard God say in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy, you hear Jesus say it in the the Gospels, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. He wasn't doing anything that, wasn't saying anything that he would not do himself. I love God, I keep his commands. I'm going to die. But I love God. I will do that. The other reason that he came was to show us who God is. And that's found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11. And and in verse 5, it says, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. In, In the NIV, it says your attitude should be just like that of Jesus Christ. And here's his attitude. Being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. He was in heaven. He had everything. He's in charge of the armies of angels. And he didn't think of it something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. You know, he's born in a barn. He's the only person that I know of that when somebody says, well, I don't know. When I was a kid, it was, shut the door, were you born in a barn? And Jesus could answer, yes, I was. But the rest of us have to shut the door. But he went from being the creator of everything, everything was created through Jesus Christ, to being the light of the world, to being born in a barn in Bethlehem, one of the lowest of the low cities and became human, which is a big step from being just God. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. You know, he lived and died with no worldly possessions, basically. And the clothes that he had, they gambled away while he was dying on the cross. He wasn't even dead yet before they gambled him away. 
And the cross is one of the worst place, ways to die, but he was obedient to death. There, and, you know, he knew from the beginning to the end what was going to happen. I'm afraid that if God told me how my life was going to be, you know, and, and then at the end you're going to die on the cross, I would volunteer not to do that. I, I would say, I'm busy that day. I can't go there. So fortunately, God has grace on me and doesn't tell me everything that's going to happen because the human side of me would probably try to bail. But as I grow in my relationship with God and, and learn about who He is, I become more passionate about following Him wherever that may lead. And death on a cross is probably one of the worst ways to die. It's, it has to be one of the, I think, and there's lots of terrible ways to die, but this is one of the worst ones. And it says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, because he, out of love for God, did all he commanded, even died on the cross, rose again, and God exalted his name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yeah. So he came down here, not to bring glory to himself, but to show us who God is. He lived in such a way it says that he humbled himself. He didn't beat his own drum. It is true that, that it got out and there were times he couldn't go into cities because it was too crowded and he had to stay out in the wilderness where they came to him. But all he did was do what God asked him, which was to show us who God is and how to reach him. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And John three seventeen. For he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, judge the world guilty, but to save it. Show it a better way. Show the world who God really is and how to get to God. Think about that. Here's God. And he comes down here and becomes the lowest of the low. You know, he, he was conceived out of wedlock. His, he was adopted by his stepdad. And God still used him. And if you look at his history, you find the, the bad kings, the prostitutes, the, you know, all the garbage in his ancestry. And he came and humbled himself so that through all that, he can show the rest of us that God loves us. Whatever we've been through, it says there, there is... No temptation that's common to man that he hasn't been through. Everything that we have gone through, he's probably been through. 
He was homeless. He had to send Peter fishing to find the, the tax money that he owed Caesar. Those are all stories that we have gone through in the last year in the New Testament, or in the, the um, Gospels. And he came to show us that God loves us. He came to show us, because I love God, I love you. And he came to show us that God loves us. And then he came to show us how to get to God. In John chapter 6, how do we do the work of God? The work of God is this. Believe on the one he has sent. What's the will of God? That everyone believe on the one he has sent. It has nothing in there about us sitting in judgment on people. It has nothing in there about us selecting who gets to go to heaven and who doesn't. It has everything in us that we do God's commands. He'll take care of the rest of it. We just love. And what are his commands? Hear, O Israel, hear. Matthew, Mark 12, 29 to 31. The Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And your neighbor is yourself. This sums up the law and the prophets. That's the work we're supposed to do. That's the commands we're supposed to keep. And Jesus came to show us who God is to help us have a better desire to serve Him. In Narnia, there's one little quote from Aslan, which is really true. You do not call, you do not come, you do not come to me unless I call you first, is what Aslan said. That's true. We don't come to God unless he calls us first. The difficulty is, he's calling everybody, just not everybody listens. Sometimes we have to remind them. Kind of like when Lynn and I and, and the kids are there, Lynn will be in a room and she'll call me and I not hear anything and, and their daughters will say, Dad, Mom's calling you. Sometimes we have to do that for people and say, hey, God's calling you. That's what we get to do. Just, just help be that. Because God loves you. But he sent Jesus down here and Jesus came because Jesus loves God. In Isaiah 42, it says, I will forgive their sins for my benefits. So this forgiveness is to benefit God. And what benefit does he get from it? <laughs> you. That's what he gets. Isn't that great? He wants you that much. And it's for his benefit that he forgives our sins, which is you. Isn't that a cool way to think about God? Isn't that impressive? So let's stand together. We're going to have responsive reading that usually is at the start, but we're going to be hallelujah to the Lamb. Go ahead and stand up. You'll read the screen that says everybody. I'll read the one that doesn't say everybody. Okay? And, and if I have to start us over, I will because 
we got to say it with a little oomph. You know? So, let's go together. It'll be on the screen. I'll be looking back there. It says, Then I, John, looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 upon 10,000. In a loud voice they sang. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Yeah, good job. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing. honor and glory and power forever and ever. After this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for true and just are His judgments, and again they shouted, Hallelujah! Yeah! Yeah! Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all of you his servants, you who fear him, both small and great. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roaring of rushing water and like loud peals of thunder shouting, And that's where it came from. Ah. Revelation. Isn't that great? That's the Jesus that came to earth for us. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for being willing to go. And thank you for loving God and keeping his commands. And Lord, help us to not forget who you are as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But help us to worship you and follow your commands and live in such a way that the world can see you. Praise your holy name, God. Please fill us to overflowing. And may you, God, be honored and glorified. In your name I pray. Amen. One last scripture for you. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Go this week and live. And let the God of hope fill you. Praise his name. Thank you for being here.